Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 292 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Kitty, kitty, kitty. Bex, how are you doing? I'm good. Always slightly worried you're going to swap that out for the sonic drowning noise, but otherwise <laughs> I am doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I, I've, I have got the sonic drowning noise, but I can't find it now, so uh, you're safe. Excellent. <laughs> uh, so uh, what have you been up to the last few weeks? Oh, I've been doing quite a lot of things for charity and good causes recently, which I'm very much enjoying. I was invited to be the host of a game show for a wonderful organization called Gamers Beat Cancer, who provide uh, gaming equipment to people who are currently battling cancer and also to hospitals and hospices. So they have gaming areas that people can access while they are staying. It was called Dragbox. It was Jackbox (laughs) Games with Drag Queens. Oh, awesome. We had some absolutely wonderful guests on and I was honored to ask to to be the person trying to, to herd those cats. (laughs) Um, They were so funny. They were so awesome. And uh, best answers in Jackbox you're ever going to find, I have to say. So (laughs) that was awesome. We also raised a total which was exceptionally nice, uh, which was (laughs) 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 669.69. Very good. (laughs) Which was rather good fun. um, And we fought to get that total to exactly that before the stream ended. So very, very proud with it. I'm like, yeah, I'm just like, I know some of my regulars were in that crowd. Yeah. They were fighting to get us to that doubly nice number so I appreciated that (laughs) and all of it for a very good cause as well and speaking of the sonic drowning noise I've started on a bit that (laughs) it does and now I am in my unhappy place (laughs) have I mentioned I hate you recently (laughs) not since you were last done so yeah stupidly I've gone with the suggestion of making that the uh, charity donation noise on my Twitch channel again um, which has prompted some rather entertaining clips to be made of my recent streams as um, I'm raising funds for the whole of April for Autistica as part of Autism Acceptors and Awareness month as part of Team Sega and um, there's some lovely clips of me just screaming no don't I mean yes thank you 
funny. So I, I yeah, <laughs> it's 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 been a fun one, and I'm going to be playing a whole bunch of old Sonic games on a specific charity stream for that as well. I think it's going to be the 17th, where I'm going to let people choose which of the old 2D Sonic games that we play. And uh, they repeatedly play the sonic drowning noise at me. And <laughs> it's a terrible sense of deja vu I'm getting. <laughs> Why do I let them do this? Because it makes money for charity. <laughs> it does. However, I may need to start a slight side fund of my own money for therapy. <laughs> yes. um, so <laughs> that's happening. That's fun. We're enjoying that. And uh, the rest of the time, I'm just sat in a cardboard box talking about 80s and 90s cartoons as you do okay why the cardboard box when a very nice company sent you a gaming chair look if you were sent a cardboard box that you could sit in and also have like a cushion some bubble wrap and a teapot and some tea in there and you weren't sat in the box it's you (laughs) you you should be worrying about i'm i'm definitely the normal one here okay yeah that therapy you were talking about (laughs) yeah we'll work on that after i finished all the fundraising i want to do for charity um so (laughs) It was funny because at the end of the stream making the the chair, the beautiful chair that that was in that box, the only thing anyone cared about was, do I fit in the cardboard box? Well, well, yeah, okay. Now it makes sense. Yes. Yes. Obviously, that's something. There's a ginormous cardboard box. Did I fit in the box? Yes, I did. I could close the cardboard box and I fit in the cardboard box. And then I was in the cardboard box and there was bubble wrap and I could reach my nice little tea set and have a nice cuppa. Uh, So I just stayed there. And now I do that every Sunday daytime. And we just talk about, you know, cartoons and nostalgia and sit in a cardboard box with my bad back next to a chair with excellent lumbar support that has a digital cat sat on it. Is that referred to as the Bex in a Box stream? (laughs) I've called it the Nostalgia Box because it's a box of nostalgia because I often got my VHS tapes and toys and stuff in there as talking points. But I think I've probably missed a trick there. Yes, you did. And I should just go hide my head in shame. Yes. um, Yes, you should. Inside a box. Yeah, yeah. Because really, it should be called the Bex in the Box stream. Yeah. Uh, the, the company that sent me the lovely gaming chair did come into the stream and go, we could have saved ourselves a lot of money if we just sent you the cardboard box. <laughs> yeah, you could have made too late now. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, where, where did the gaming chair come from? You should probably give them a shout out. The gaming chair is from the rather delightful and wonderful people over at Noble. OK, so it's Noble gaming chairs. All right. Yes. The fanciest chair I have ever sat in. <laughs> I don't lie. They're posh chairs. They're not cheap, but they are very posh. It's got like built in adjustable lumbar support. I'm like, my lumbar's Ooh. never had support in its life. I didn't even know that was there. <laughs> you know, it's probably very good for my back if I actually sat on it rather and, and than not in the, in the box. Yeah. Box. yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like I could probably give it a long term review because I'd be like, well, the box has given me like a serious back injury. The chair's sort of compensating. Does that count? <laughs> Oh dear. So apart from sitting in cardboard boxes on your stream, what TV and stuff have you been doing? I finished a series called Alice in Borderland. I don't know if you've been following that one. I am aware of it. I haven't watched any of it, no. It's really, really, really good. It is a live action adaptation of a Japanese manga comic book series. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was an anime adaptation as well, which I didn't know about and I've not seen, but it's a live action adaptation of that. And the story in short, without giving away too many spoilers, is 
is some friends find themselves suddenly in Tokyo and everyone else seems to be gone. Right. And then it turns out that there are some people there, just a few sporadic people and they can't see any pattern in it. And if you want to remain alive, you have to compete in these games, these kind of devilish games that have been devised by someone or something. If you don't play the games, a laser comes out the sky and neatly hits you in the top of the head. If you do play the games, you can possibly die. And there are some scenes of, I, I wouldn't say glorifying gratuitous violence, they are presented very much as this is horrible, but there are some, if blood and things is an issue, there's quite a lot of that in this show. Right, um, yes. But it is it is presented very much as a, this is horrible, why is this happening? Why are we being forced to cause the deaths of these other random people? Yeah. And if you survive the game, you get a playing card and the number on the card is the amount of days before you have to play another game or you get the laser in the head treatment. So they're trying ah. to figure out why are they there, who's behind it. They start meeting up with other people and trying to find out how long this has been going on. And it's a really, really good series. It ends by concluding one arc, but it is very much leaving it up for another one that has already been confirmed. So that was the first thing I was Googling is like, when does series two come out? Tell me there's a series two because the end of the the first season is a glorious shot, which is here is set up for next season. And I was just like, I need the next season already. I need it already. I'm not hugely into things that contain, you know, sort of horror and too much violence and stuff. But this was so interesting. Yeah. And it was done in such a fascinating way that didn't make the whole thing too glorifying of the violence and had a lot on the psychological effects this was having on people and just a really good cast as well. Really, really good cast playing their roles exceptionally well. So I'm really looking forward to the next one for that. That's a Netflix series for anyone that wants to check it out. Um, Other things I watched The One. Yes. How was that? I haven't actually got to watching that yet. This is the thing about finding your soulmate. One of two shows that arrived in almost like a week of each other. One was on Amazon and then this one was on Netflix. Yeah, well, there's a slightly older one that's on Netflix that covers a similar thing, which is the French, more science fiction-y series, which is called Osmosis. Right, yes, yeah. Osmosis is exceptionally more thinking than the one. Right. The one, it does cover some of these interesting notions. It does have, you know, some of these things in here, which is what happens if you're married, but there could be someone who is your genetic perfect partner. Do you find out or not? What happens if the person who's your genetic perfect partner, the only one in the world for you, and it turns out that they passed away two weeks before? How does that affect relationships? How does that affect people? They do go into a reasonable amount of that, but the main driving thread throughout the narrative of the series is just a very stylish who killed who Right. with that as kind of a backdrop. So although it had some good performances, it had some really interesting things going on with those bits of psychology in there, the main driving plot could have been in anything. And I think I found that frustrating. The idea of, you know, you've got this character and they will do anything for their career. So there's like mysterious disappearing people and circumstances and things. That kind of investigation going on with the police trying to find out what happened to someone, that could have occurred in any series and Mm. any company trying to protect their corporate secrets and things. It, It was weird. It was like there was a fairly generic series and then they layered on top of it this very interesting concept and interesting subplots. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's Howard Overman, the one who's kind of a bit hit and miss because Misfits was one of the shows that he created. And then he did the Mm. BBC4 Dirt Gently series. He did Atlantis. He was a co-creator on that. He he created Crazy Head, which was like a little six episode thing, which got cancelled after one season. He was co-creator on Future Man and the War of the Worlds 
World series. Yeah. Future Man went down reasonably well, and so did War of the Worlds. Crazy Hedge, yeah, like I say, got canned after one season. Uh, Misfits obviously was a huge hit. So he had mixed his career. So um, it's weird. If I would say in that case, because I hadn't clocked that that was someone connected to things like Misfits or Dirt Gently or anything like that, I'd say seriously been reined in then because this series, right. although it is stylish, and that is kind of the word I would describe it with, doesn't have any of that kind of quirky, wacky, funny type things. There's no humour in this series yeah, at all. But then War of the Worlds, there wasn't much of that either. War of the Worlds mm. was quite dark and quite serious, as opposed to something like Future Man, which was ridiculous and silly. And well, there's a few bits in this series that are in the one that are supposed to be kind of funny, but they come across really kind of not feeling like they quite fit in with everything else. Like there's one character who kind of is a bit like comic relief, although she does have proper character development and there is a story and there is a point to what she's doing. Mm. And I'm quite surprised based on how well, especially the early series of Misfits or how well that comedy was managed and the tone was managed, that this one had serious, 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 occasional bit of comic relief character, which kind of felt at odds with everything else tonally. And also the actor's performance felt quite different to the way everyone else was, right. was managing their roles as well. Um, I had to get my head around that one because I wouldn't have expected that to be the same person. Yeah, as I say, it's really interesting. His work seems to go backwards and forwards because something like Crazy Head felt very much more in the sort of vein of misfits and Future Man, which he co-created, is wacky and bonkers. Then, I mean, he worked a bit on Merlin and uh, he was co-creator of Atlantis and they're sort of fairly similar style shows. But then War of the Worlds is completely different. Mm. It's very serious, very dark. There's not a lot of humour in that. And then there's this, which doesn't seem to quite have figured no, out what it is. this is quite slick and well-produced and has a lot of interesting stuff, but yet somehow in quite a few places kind of feels a little bit soulless, I guess. Right. Like, I guess because one of the main protagonist characters is a little bit like that. Right. It's an interesting one. Like, I don't regret watching it, but I had spotted way before the end any of the twists and I wasn't sure right. they were even supposed to be twists, to be fair. I think you're more watching the inevitable outcome that's happening because of these characters' actions rather than it's supposed to be any kind of reveal the things that happen. Mm. But yeah, it's worth a watch. But if you want something that like really kind of goes into some more interesting portrayals without hanging something around a more kind of drama based kind of who killed this person type uh, yeah, plot, I sort um, of, yeah. then I think Osmosis does a lot of similar things, but really goes more into depth with them than I feel that they were kind of allowed to with this series because they'd hung the main plot around something that was a bit more generic. Right. Okay. I can't remember what the Amazon series was called, but there was an Amazon series which came out a few weeks before this as well, which was an anthology, but mm. had exactly the same sort of ideas in it, in that the first episode is literally what you just described of husband and wife. Wife is trying to figure out whether she wants to take the test, which may point to somebody other than her current husband being her soulmate. So essentially, it's, it's yeah one of the plot points which you've just mentioned. So it's really similar by the sense of it in terms of what the idea behind it is. It's so odd that these two shows have just landed within weeks of each other. People in lockdown being lonely. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I think we're going to get more plot lines like this occurring. <laughs> Quite in shows. possibly, yes. You know, lots of things that involve people sitting alone in their rooms for filming, um, being introspective, seem to be a, a mood and a trend that we're probably going to get more of. Yes. But yeah, it was a weird one because I did really enjoy parts of it, and it, it's not bad. Yeah. I think I might have just been a bit spoiled. Plus, my taste personally in my media goes more into the but I want to know how the technology works. I don't mm. want it to be made of magical plot devicium. You know, I'm much more yes. I'm much more interested in that side of things. And one show that does go hugely into that side of things is Omniscient, which is another Brazilian near future sci-fi. I'm a massive fan of the three percent. Yeah. Loved that series. This is another Netflix, I think it's a Netflix original funded. And Omniscient has all of the elements of character development and things that happen, but it hinges a lot of it around the people who, I mean, the, the one hinges a lot of plot around the people who work for the company doing the technology, but it just kind of happens by magic. But Omniscient, which is a world where everyone's assigned a drone at birth right? and a tiny little drone, like a, like a bee right. follows you everywhere. So there's no crime. Yeah. There's no nothing. And there's a city where this is the norm, like a town at a test city effectively. Mm. And the primary character in that is quite young. She goes to work for the company and then somebody close to her gets killed and no one saw it. Ah, interesting. So then she's within the technology. She is a scientist, you know, or computer programmer in that case that works on the things herself. So you see all of the things she goes through, plus all of her friends and the people around her. And they Mm. cover lots of really interesting ground to do with, do you act differently if you're constantly being observed and yeah. if it's been since birth does it affect you or not how do you feel if you've always been observed and lived in a society with no crime and then you go outside mm. and suddenly it's silent that gentle buzzing noise you're used to isn't there anymore like the fear the anxiety it gives people when they go outside so it does both sides of it that's quite interesting yeah it's very and it's very well done with the way they look at the technology and the way that functions and the way it affects people psychologically and the way it affects society as a whole and the power that gives companies as well if they you know they see everything you do and they've effectively mm. you know n- nearly replaced law enforcement by that point yeah because if you commit a crime your drone reports you yeah and then it goes i won't give any spoilers away for it but it does some really interesting things with what the character does next mm. and it ends but they leave it so they could possibly do a second series but they've ended it in a way which means you don't need a second series right so i don't know if that's just staying at one i should have looked that one up but it was a very satisfactory end even if it just does end at that one limited yeah, series doesn't doesn't seem to be i mean it came out in january last year and there doesn't seem yeah. to have been a second season although you know at the moment at the moment you know, two knows yeah. but yeah um but it ends in a very like satisfactory way it's just one of those kind of like you feel like they could have made another one if they wanted but they obviously made it in mind with this is a closed story yeah we've just not shut it off completely at the end yeah. although everything in that in that arc is completely resolved yeah uh, it just leaves you thinking ah uh, even if we never see it these characters continue doing something you know yeah. which is I really like the ending I've just thought that series was incredibly well put together and I love near future stuff where it manages to make a world which feels very much obtainable but just slightly out of reach yeah. so that they can take slight liberties with the technology side but in a way that still feels grounded and still feels relatable and they did that really, really well in, in Omniscient and in Osmosis. Lots of series I like apparently <laughs> start with like the same letter and have a, a slightly unusual <laughs> word. Yes. Um, but they both did that that atmosphere of just that little way into the future or one tech difference between us 
us and them. You know, like the way the internet got introduced and it changed the world. Like yeah, one yeah. tech difference happens, yeah. but everything else feels familiar enough. So I yeah. applaud them for managing to do that without coming across as over the top or corny or, mm. or you know, trying too hard to make it look like the future. It just is different enough. And having things like the inside of the city obviously has no graffiti, no litter, no yeah. these kind of things. Like it's perfectly clean because otherwise you'll go to jail and the outside <laughs> there's litter, there's rubbish, there's sound, yeah, there's yeah. parked cars in the wrong place and really, really nicely, mm. nicely done the way they did all of the world building. Yeah. So there's those things. And also the one I'm sure you've watched, uh, The End of Snowpiercer. Yes. I watched the last two episodes because it skipped a week and then they put two out on this week. I so. was so angry they skipped a week. <laughs> so I didn't know until Wednesday that they were skipping a week and I'd waited a week to watch it. <laughs> yeah. But at least they didn't like make you wait another week. They did put them both out the following week. So we did get them both this week, which was good. So what did you think of the finale? I liked it. <laughs> I, I, are we doing spoilers or not? Yeah, we will put spoilers in here. Hang on. Spoilers. 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 Go on then. We knew Melanie was dead, so I think it would have been more of a reveal to let us think that maybe she wasn't, because I understand we're watching the characters go to inevitable kind of sad conclusion with her arc, although she does just vanish. I mean, she could they could still bring yeah, her back, I you mean, know, we frozen don't... in kryptonite style but I still didn't quite understand why they finished Melanie's arc and then gave us a few more episodes before showing us the other side of the same picture. So we knew everything they were doing was for nothing, which sort of took away from a bit of the tension. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as you say we don't actually know it seemed to have been revealed that Melanie had walked off in the cold to die in some way but we never actually see a body so we don't I mean they have left that open and the sort of general rule of sci-fi is if you don't see a body then <laughs> even if you do if you go if you're going to include sci-fi well yeah that, that is yeah. true yeah certainly if, you, yeah. if, if <laughs> certainly if it's a superhero show then yeah definitely it doesn't matter whether you see a body you or not you haven't seen the cloning machine destroyed yes and all the records erased and all the backups erased and then the planet exploded then they're coming back if they were popular i think it just for me i would have left you know melanie going to the train and then not have shown her not getting on it because everything we saw them working up to just we knew they weren't going to achieve it and maybe they were going for that kind of hopelessness kind of feel because we know they can't actually succeed no matter what they do but we knew everything they were doing was nearly for nothing because you know they got the data which is cool but if they were on a trickle charge and could have lasted a ridiculous amount of time then I don't know would they have lasted until they could have just come back round again and could have avoided the whole conflict Mm. I thought it was a a slightly unusual choice to do it that way round when they were playing it when you know the way it was directed was as if they were rushing to save her and as an audience we know they're not well I mean there was always the possibility that you know we saw the train with Pasta and there was the possibility that maybe you got the character that was turned into the the new ice monster, Josie, isn't it? The, the yeah, she's the new icy Bob. Who's the new icy Bob? You did wonder whether maybe there was a way of her kind of leaping out to save the day in some way, or I did wonder if they were maybe going to go down that route. Or mm. I, I don't know. I think it's weird the fact that if Melanie is actually dead at the end of this, and they never find a body that's a bit strange 
because yeah. you would maybe ass- they should find her on the next rotation like just standing in a pose with a middle finger up or something I don't know yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, that's what I do yeah because I, but- I, I kind of feel like I mean it was certainly given the idea that she'd wandered off into the but she was like hallucinating and writing her memoirs for a kid and if she'd written all those memoirs and was writing all these things to leave her daughter and then she was still there that would be anticlimactic yeah I mean I, so- I, I wonder if she's gonna somehow turn up again next season I'm assuming but- she'll probably turn up again at some point you know they had a third backup train or something just like, yeah. oh she's just gonna come along the tracks just pushing on one of those little hand powered things you know <laughs> yeah, maybe. those little wooden hand powered things I can't remember what they're called those little carts um, yeah I generally assume if you don't see the body and it isn't definitely them and also isn't a skeleton holding their piece of jewelry that hasn't been fully DNA and, and dental record checked yeah. um, the person will probably come back my guess would be actually like the rats there were a few people that survived in a massive underground bunker just happily coincidentally five minutes from this data center that took her in when she yeah, walked possibly. out into the snow yeah that will be my next guess is there are actually humans outside that would be the natural escalation point for the plot since they're trying to prove humans can live outside yeah. um so there being a bunker somewhere and that the train wasn't actually the only thing because you know it seems quite weird frankly that no one else was trying to make a thing right yes so i'm assuming there was a bunker somewhere and they happened to spot her through a periscope or something and they they take her in um well i mean that, she has that would be my kind of guess yeah and they have been sort of sending up flares and things so you yeah, know in they've the been getting stuff. attention so the so, electrics have suddenly been whirring in this surface level building for a yeah, while yeah. you know yeah so so i i think she probably will turn up again i don't think she's actually dead because that would be a weird way to get rid of that character uh, you yeah. know and i certainly haven't seen any press about the actress upsetting the producers or anything because that would be the other reason <laughs> yeah that's that, the know. other one isn't it but, um, you know we've decided that suddenly there's a new <laughs> charmed one um yes so yeah i'm assuming that she will come back as well but as far as the characters are concerned and the plot's concerned at this point she's gone and they got mm. the data but otherwise failed yeah that was the only thing i kind of found strange everything else i really really enjoyed it was just the melanie centric episode that i mentioned last time that i didn't really in- enjoy although yeah. i understood why it was there and just the handling of that bit of crossover between those telling of the stories i, I think i would have preferred it if they'd been more intermingled because they seemed totally yeah, yeah. quite different from each other as well i kind of get it from a directorial point you want to show her isolation so she's on her own and she has an entire episode on her own because but as a just looking at it from a i'm just watching this show thing i was like oh, i waited a week and i didn't get to see any of my favorite characters mm. um so yeah i didn't even get to see like the rats anymore or she didn't even <laughs> name them and um yeah. as a as a result i was a little bit like ah oh, well, i wanted more to be made of the fact that there were rats living there yeah. you know that stuff interested me and if they'd broken it up over multiple episodes showing her story and then those two things had happened those two shots like sort of simultaneously of her realizing yeah, yeah. and the daughter realizing that could have been the shot that brought the two narratives that had been coexisting together because we effectively saw the same shot twice yeah kind yeah. of thing um so i think my preference would have been to have handled it slightly differently just because i just felt with that pacing yeah, it was a you little bit have, unusual you could have stopped it with her leaving to head back towards the train and then yeah, yeah the joint last, shot bringing the yeah. two narratives together because yeah. you see both of them in that final shot so you, yeah. you could have if they'd interwoven it more and given her like you know yeah, yeah. a quarter of each episode she was away for us to see her progress that would mm. have had a lot more tension and yeah. we would have seen her walking to the train just before we saw her not get on it mm. and it would have been a lot more dramatic I think for yeah. me but overall I love the series you know I yeah. can nitpick it all day and sort of like start ripping it apart from a kind of film director 
pictorial point of view, but I, I'm still massively enjoying the series. I wouldn't have been angry that it took two weeks for me to see the finale if I didn't care. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Taking angrily to Twitter going, they're making me wait another week. Um, you yeah. know, that's, that's not a sign that the series is bad. It's a serious sign. I'm really enjoying it. I can't wait for the next series. I, I love where they've gone. It's a complete and utter deviation from the plot of the original um, yeah. French graphic novel. And I think it's gone beyond, way beyond and off in its own direction. Right, it's yeah. now it's its own completely unique property. I'm really loving it. Yeah, it is going to be interesting depending how many series they go on for. Because, I mean, with this one, we've now got like the train split in two again because of the fact that we've got this 10-car like pirate train that they've made by breaching the aquarium car. So they've got the train split in two with Wilford having the bulk of it and then these guys have got this other one. Yeah, they've basically swapped trains. Yeah, you do sort of wonder what they're going to do if they've got to do something to either push the trains together or split them up or you know how they're going to deal with that as it moves forward yeah. at well, the end of every season. To, they'll have to repeat the way the trains got back together before, which is Alice is faster. They already said we're running hot, we're a Ferrari. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But Alice I, is, is going to have to just ram into the back of the other one again, and they're going to have to find a way of doing that without it being repetitive. And I suspect something to do with somebody sees a tree without snow on outside, or there's life outside of some sort. I think yeah, that I mean, will probably be a way because if you do that, you also have a way of uniting the people against Wilford again. If people yeah. start looking out the window and going, "Why are you blacking out the windows?" I swear, I just saw Santa. Yeah, um, sorry, obscure Narnia references. Um, <laughs> although you know, I think there are, are good parallels to be made between Wilford and the uh, the witch in the line, the witch in the wardrobe. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think they'll have to do something big like that. Yeah, for the next series to avoid it being a repeat of who's hijacking whose train this time. But beyond that, it will have to be at some point Voyager has to get home. At some point, they are going to have to set things up for how people are going to live. Yeah, outside. yeah. I mean, you do wonder how many seasons this can sort of go on for given that they seem to have now found data that seems to imply that people can live off the train at some point. So whether they yeah. would you carry You can't just it keep on. dividing the train up and putting the train back together. You're yeah, eventually yeah. going to run out of carriages. So I think a third season, very comfortably they could do four seasons, maybe depending on where they take that, that third season. I, I don't think yeah. you could take it to five seasons without basically taking them off the train yeah. and going for the whole like, you know, sequel to Prison Break. It's called Prison Broke and they're no longer in a prison. <laughs> Yeah. Like maybe you can make it work, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm sort of interested to see where they go with that moving forward. But yeah, I really enjoyed this season. I thought it was really good. Little issues aside, it's a solid, solid show. Yeah. So complex I'm character development, really, really good acting performances all round, still with the lovely set design and mm. world building, changing up the world building dramatically with everything Wilford's done to change the train. Yeah. I think they're doing an excellent job. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, one thing you haven't been watching is uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I, I, yeah. No, I haven't watched any of it. Any particular reason? Just didn't, weren't feeling it or, or just haven't had time? Um, it's a weird one. I think it's it's partly because I loved WandaVision so much and WandaVision was so oddball and mm. Falcon and Winter Soldier, I feel like it's just going to be said with love and said not in a derogatory way, but like a, a B-side version of an MCU movie cut into small parts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's I wouldn't call it necessarily a b-side but yes it does very much feel like a, an mcu movie starring falcon and winter soldier that is cut into six parts that is what it feels like unlike wandavision which was just wacky bonkers crazy and loki who had a new trailer today 
by which also seems like it's going to be fairly wacky, bonkers, and crazy. Which I've is only the watched that thing. fifty times. All right, I don't know who told you it was sixty <laughs> times. No, yeah, I Pausing think it's also the... partly that like I I didn't care about anything other than the Loki series. Um, yeah. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> yeah, no. I didn't care about anything other than that. I wasn't even going to get Disney Plus until Loki like landed, and then I fell in love with the idea of WandaVision from its trailers and have absolutely loved that. And I don't know. I think I just like I don't have a huge amount of time to watch series is yeah i will get around to watching falcon and winter soldier but it just i don't know why it hasn't captured me i think i just want things that are a bit more out there rather mm, than yeah. just kind of standard content yeah at the I, moment. I mean i i'm very much enjoying falcon and winter soldier i think you know it's introduced some interesting characters and we've had a few people pop up in it that we didn't actually know about which is good but mm. it's not got as i think gray was saying last week it's very much not got that must see this have to get up and like this needs to be the first thing I watched today. It doesn't really have that feel to it in the same way that like, you know, you're really, really waiting for it every week. It's like, oh yeah, that's on today. You know, yeah. it's it's not got quite the hook that uh, WandaVision did. So I'm very much enjoying it, but it does feel much more like it is a movie that's been chopped into six parts. And that's not a criticism of it. I, you know, it's a very good movie and it's a fun, it's, it's well-written, it's well-acted, there are some good action sequences in it, but it does feel very much like a sort of solid addition to the MCU, but it doesn't have quite the same pull as WandaVision because it's not got that sort of crazy cliffhanger ending and what the heck is going on sort of that you had with WandaVision. And I think I need that at the moment because I'm doing so much with the streaming and with doing, you know, like hosting for other streams and stuff that I've been doing recently. If it hasn't got something that hooks me that well or isn't something that's um, brain dead enough that I'm just watching it when I'm eating some food and not really paying attention to it. And I feel like it fits in this in-between space yeah. where it's too good for me to just stick it on in the background when I'm cleaning the house or something, mm. but it's not good enough that it makes me want to watch that instead of something else. Yeah. Um, I'll probably just watch it all in one go. I think that's a reasonable enough way to do it. I think, yeah. I, you know, I was saying last week, actually, I, it feels like they probably should have dropped this all at once. And I know people would have just been through it in a day, but it does feel much more like a six hour film than WandaVision did. So yeah. yeah. Uh, and I don't want to just do it in justice by just watching every single episode going, this isn't Loki, this isn't Loki, this isn't Loki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely worth watching. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'll wait until it all comes out and then do it all in one go, I think. In terms of other stuff, gaming mainly, there's a number of games came out this week, which I've been playing through. Once I got my PC fixed, because one of my RAMs decided to die and it kept on crashing. So that was kind of annoying. So RAM upgrade later. I found this one little game called Dorf Romantic, which is this weird little, it's almost like a, a sort of digital card game, kind of. You grow landscapes by placing little hex tiles and the little hex tiles have like bits of forest on them or bits of field or houses or rivers and you get points depending on how well you match the hex tiles up with other bits of forest and stuff on the map so obviously you've got to kind of match the river tiles with the river tiles and the idea is to build sort of longer rivers and bigger forests and like bigger selections of fields and housing and this sort of stuff there's no timer on it it's like 7.99 on steam you can just sit and like just put the tiles down. It's almost like playing patience with cards. It's kind of quite zen and it's quite right. pretty. 
and you can just just sit and, and just kind of build out these little landscapes there's no kind of rush to how long it takes you to place anything or work out where anything is it's really simple it's really easy but uh yeah i i really really enjoyed that really simple little game called dorf romantic it's called or dorf romantic it's called so worth going to pick that up if you uh, want to find it on steam i don't know whether it's on any other platforms but uh yeah that was one that i kind of stumbled across partly stumbled across that towards the end of last week because i was waiting for a couple of things to drop evil genius 2 world domination which has been great fun it's a little bit buggy in places i know there have been issues with some people not being able to finish certain side quests and that sort of thing although in most cases rebooting the game seems to clear any issues did you play the original evil genius I've not, but it's one of those things that I'm quite mystified that many people keep suggesting I should play. Yes. <laughs> and that for some reason, I can't think what possible reason whatsoever. <laughs> um, people keep thinking this is uh, entirely up my alley. So I probably should have. Very, very much so. Because, I mean, essentially, you are given a selection of evil geniuses to pick from. You're given a volcano base that you can build out of. And you hire a henchman and minions to do your work and uh, the idea is that you make a load of money and take over the world that's essentially the basis of it so it's a sort of base building game um there was the original came out oh i don't know it's probably about 15 years old the original game i would have thought at this point it's going back a while this is the follow-up to it very much a similar kind of premise to the original you've got to put traps down in the base because you get raided by these james bond type characters and there's other evil people on the map that are trying to come and uh, destroy your base as well as investigators showing up and you have a uh, casino at the front of your base which works as a sort of cover operation so you can train stuff up to kind of bamboozle any agents that come in to turn them away and stuff it's wonderful wonderful fun and uh, I've I've just spent hours and hours just building this huge base out of that and it's well well worth picking up if you're like those sort of base building games and yes it is very very much the sort of thing I think you would really enjoy and I can't think why (laughs) no it's a mystery (laughs) (laughs) so uh, yeah that's Evil Genius 2 World Domination but definitely one worth picking up Elite Dangerous released the Alpha for Odyssey which is this long awaited additional thing which allows you to actually walk around outside of the ships they've released first bit of the Alpha for that which puts you basically on the Alpha server with a brand new character you can walk around inside the different bases you can pick up missions and then use the shuttle service so you can't like fly your own ship at this point i don't think in the alpha you basically use the shuttle service to get from various mission locations so you can try out the missions of going and raiding places and joining up and teaming up with people and that sort of stuff so uh it's in early stages of the alpha right now but i don't know if you go and buy odyssey now whether that lets you in the alpha or if you had to have bought it before the alpha was released i'm not sure but if you're into elite dangerous it's off to a great start so far and i've been waiting for this to come out for a while i've only had a little bit of a play with that but uh that's been really good fun so i'm enjoying that and um over on uh planet zoo they released the southeast asia pack and update 1.5 and the big one of the big changes with update 1.5 is the fact that you can actually customize the billboards in the game now so you put up your own graphics and uh, <laughs> videos and that sort of thing 
which that is sounds been, dangerous in yeah, the best w- kind of way. Well, yes, uh, and it, it's been wonderful fun because there, there's people that have been doing things like you know building movie screens with like Jurassic Park on it, and uh, it's one really inventive one I saw who built like a koi carp pond because you can put water in the game, and then had sunk a screen into the bottom of the koi carp pond and got a video running of koi carp from the top down, and then put like plants over the top of it to, to sort of mask the screen a little bit so it looked like there was like genuine fish in the pond which i thought was a really brilliant idea so there's there's lots of people using them in different and inventive ways in that so uh, that's really good and there were some of the little updates and bits and pieces of that update as well as well as the asia pack which has a whole bunch of new animals in it as well so uh, that is worth picking up the update 1.5 is free the asia pack is like 7.99 or something so uh, if you're into your sort of uh, zoo building games or if you're into your building games then planet zoo is a great one to go and pick up so that's the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news TV and film news this week. We start off with renewals, cancellations and pickups. Uh, one quite big cancellation, semi-cancellation by the sides of it. Stars announced that they cancelled American Gods after three seasons. However, literally kind of hours later, it became fairly apparent that it might not be totally cancelled because Neil Gaiman certainly next day went onto Twitter saying it's definitely not dead. I'm very grateful to the team at Stars for American Gods' journey so far. Fremantle, who make the show, are committed to finishing the story that we began with episode one and right now we're all just waiting to see which way forward is best and who it will be with he then clarified that a little bit saying if they do manage to get stars to continue it it's likely to be a movie or possibly two if it's somebody else i think most likely amazon because they air it internationally but if it does go on to somebody else then it's likely to be a, a full season although it's probably going to be fewer episodes than the previous seasons have been. So that seems to be the position of it, but they seem very, very, very determined that they are going to make more of it in one way or another. Did you watch any of American Gods? I'm not sure whether... I've not watched a a huge amount of it. I always meant to. It's Mm. been on my list of things to watch for absolutely ages. I saw the first season and really enjoyed that and then struggled a bit with the second season and then didn't watch the third, which seems to have been the case, actually, which is one of the reasons why Stars cancelled it, because the numbers had steadily been dropping on the channel. So uh, that seems to be part of the reason why they decided to end it. Stars will not be airing it as a normal season anymore, but it sounds like that Fremantle, the people that are making it, are, are absolutely determined, and certainly Neil Gaiman is absolutely determined to finish the story in one way or another. So it's not completely gone, but it won't be back in the exactly the same format by the sounds of it. In terms of renewals, uh, you Young Sheldon got renewed for three more seasons at CBS, so that will be coming back. ITV has renewed Unforgotten for a fifth season as well, which I'm told is somewhat surprising given the events of the end of season four. So that will be back as well. Uh, Pickups, they've announced that Intergalactic, which is a new British sci-fi show, I think probably, as far as I can tell, the first sort of adult-orientated 
spacefaring British sci-fi since Blake 7, as far as I can think of. That is all episodes coming to Sky 1 on the 30th of April to Sky 1, Sky on Demand, and now. I've actually seen a few episodes of this already because we did some interviews with the uh, cast, and uh, I can't say any more about it than that, but um, it will be one worth watching when it comes out on the 30th of April. Disney Plus have released, along with the Loki trailer, they've released a trailer for Star Wars The Bad Batch, which is coming from May 4th, of course, Star Wars Day. Uh, that won't be its regular slot because that's like a Wednesday, I think. Its regular slot will be the following Friday. But uh, that's another Dave Filoni series set in the Clone Wars Rebels animation style. We have seen the Bad Batch before. It's about a bunch of clones that are basically um, slightly defective, but they're using that to their advantage, essentially, is the sort of setup for that. Do you watch Clone Wars? I've seen Clone Wars and Rebels as well. And I always do quite like the animated Star Wars things. I think that they've been more consistent than some of the uh, larger productions in recent years, <laughs> yes. um, tonally and content-wise. Uh, but yeah, I, I quite enjoy the animated ones. I think they're quite good fun and they go into a lot more depth than things than you would expect. It's almost like they start off as a children's show and then as soon as the uh, management's not watching, they go, quick, 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 <laughs> add in all the dark plot points. Yeah, that's very true, actually. I'm working my way through Clone Wars right now because I don't think I'd ever actually... I'd seen episodes of it, but I don't think I'd ever done it from start to finish. So I'm doing kind of a run through it start to finish right now. It's going to be in the same sort of style. We have met these characters before in Clone Wars, and I'm not sure whether they're in Rebels, but they were definitely in Clone Wars. It's going to be following those guys, those clone troopers. Uh, Lucifer Season 5B has finally got a date. That is coming on the 28th of May to Netflix worldwide. I'm very much looking forward to that. That has uh, God in it this time, so that's going to be awesome, I think. Rick and Morty Season 5, that is going to be airing in June on E4 in the UK. Don't have any more other than June right now, but that's when that's going to be coming. Um, Intelligence Season 2, that's the David Schwimmer, Nick Mohammed series. That's coming on the 8th of June to Sky One. And The Witcher has finally managed to wrap production on the second season after a very, very long and complex shoot. Dealing with 15 locations, 89 cast members and 1,200 crew members in the midst of a global pandemic. So all power to them that they've actually managed to wrap that finally because they had issues with some of the crew getting COVID. One of the stars got COVID and they had to shut things down. It's been kind of on and it's been off. Henry Cavill tore a ligament. So he was out of action for a few weeks before Christmas. It's been a very bumpy ride getting this actually on there, but they've done an incredible, incredible job. So don't know exactly when that's going to land. It'll probably be later on this year, but they have managed to uh, wrap production on it, which is awesome, awesome news. I love the first season of this as well. I thought this was a great show. Yeah, definitely. I think there's going to be a lot of people looking forward to that second season. So yeah, it will be good to see it finally making its way to us. Yes, definitely. Moving on to a slightly more ranty area, I think, for uh, Vex to get into. The CW live-action Powerpuff Girls pilot. I mean, that's a say it was a can of worms, but it's more like a can of dynamite. <laughs> They've announced a couple more members of the cast. Also, I think since we last talked about this, they have announced the girls that are going to be playing the various Powerpuff Girls. Donald Faison and Nick Podani are joining the cast. Donald Faison, you'll know from Scrubs, played Turk in Scrubs. He is going to be taking 
playing the role of uh, Professor Utonium in the show. So uh, he's described as uh, the man that created the three extraordinary girls in his lab. He's quirky, debonair with a pinch of narcissism. Utonium is immensely proud of his creations, but he's staring down the midlife crisis and determined to repair his relationship with his now adult daughters. That's that character. Nicholas Padani is set to play Joseph Jojo Mondel Jr. As a kid, the nerdy, power-hungry, insecure Jojo was obsessed with the Powerpuff Girls, despite his father's grudge against them. As an adult, Jojo finds his sweetness and rage in constant battle. This would appear to be the son of Mojo Jojo, the diabolical, cunning, evil genius mastermind who did battle with the Powerpuff Girls. I believe he was also a mutant chimpanzee in the cartoons. <laughs> so, I don't know how he's going to be portrayed on screen, but... The, with he's the, going the to be portrayed as somebody who looks perfectly normal with a slightly emo haircut is going to be my guess. Probably. But then, you know, I am somewhat biased against the existence <laughs> of this production. Yeah, for uh, those that don't know about this production, uh, the, the TV show is called Powerpuff rather than The Powerpuff Girls, just to differentiate it slightly. Rather than being a bunch of kindergartners, which is what the animated series was, this is them as disillusioned 20-somethings who resent having lost their childhood to crime fighting. Will they agree to reunite now the world needs them more than ever? So They are not the Umbrella Academy. Uh, yes, which is basically <laughs> the plot of the Umbrella Academy. Um, so, they are really not. Just, <laughs> just don't trade off the name of a beloved childhood piece of nostalgia and just turn it into like a young adult angst-filled drama that totally undermines the entire point of the original, which was mostly filled of jokes, satire, and uh, just parody of superhero stuff. Like, yeah. it's, just not, it's just not that deep. <laughs> <laughs> it was a thing that just was designed to bring joy to people. And I just think that they're going to write themselves into a corner by deciding to pick the Powerpuff Girls as the license that they want to trade off for this, because that's clearly what they're doing here, yeah. um, which had a bunch of ridiculous, over-the-top, highly stylized cartoon artwork mm. and just make something that just doesn't satisfy fans of the original, doesn't bring in new fans, like just call it something else have full creative freedom why do this I mean maybe they will prove me entirely wrong however I will cite the Winx Club <laughs> as an example of uh, being absolutely correct about this in the past and that wasn't even something I watched particularly I was Winx Club is not my childhood yeah. um, but it didn't work it yeah. just it just kind of upset everyone and was a dull toned down colourless dramery thing that would have been better served by having full creative freedom this whole idea of just trading off the name of something which you sort of sometimes feel like they're doing just because it gets reactions exactly like mine and not because <laughs> it was the best thing to base their series on which frustrates me as well it is like a massive high budget version of clickbait i really feel like they could have come up with their own thing that people yeah. would have recognized as playing on that trope and that idea of like the childhood superhero family type thing and just made up their own one we still would have got what they were going for yeah but they wouldn't have made their life so much more difficult yes they are trading off a, off a no name I, I think that is the entire point of this um, the other casting that they have already announced Chloe Bennett from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is playing Blossom Dove Cameron from Descendants is playing Bubbles and uh, somebody called Yana Perelt who makes her on screen debut in this is playing Buttercup so you know the cast I, I mean I don't know Dove Cameron particularly or, or Yana but um, 
Chloe I Bennett. I kind of feel slightly sorry for them because they can put in a really good performance and it's they're still fighting an uphill battle here. Yeah. Gem and the Holograms, there's another one. Just, I'm just naming cartoons that were ruined by live action adaptations, <laughs> don't worry me. I mean, Gem and the Holograms was pulled from cinemas. It was so bad. It made a huge loss. Some things are cartoons for a reason. Yeah, I mean, the person that's writing the pilot is Diablo Cody, who was probably best known for writing the, the movie Juno, which was absolutely superb, and the drama series United States of Tara. Heather Rainier is also joining us. She worked on Veronica Mars, Sleepy Hollow, Falling Skies, and iZombie. It is a Blanty production, although it's not obviously connected to any of the DC stuff. So, I mean... If they manage to go more for iZombie vibes, yeah. which had darkness, but humour and colour, which is ironic considering half of them are zombies, um, yeah. but it was a colourful production visually. You know, the clothing, the, the sets was, were lit up. If there's some of that, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think given the people that are behind it and the fact that it's Diablo Cody and she's got a kind of slightly quirky off the wall sort of mm. um, yeah weirdness about her. And then, you know, Falling Skies was a great show. iZombie was a great show. Yeah, these uh, are all good shows. You know, Sleepy Hollow certainly had some wonderful moments in it. And um, mm-hmm. I, I've never really watched all of Veronica Marsden, to totally honest, but I know it's very beloved. So, you know, I, I think there's a couple of people there that seem quite good. I really like Chloe Bennett and I can sort of see her doing the sort of disenfranchised role. I know it's an issue with the license that they've used, but I think I can see her fitting into a part like that, given what they're actually pushing for. So I, I don't know. It is only a pilot at the moment. It may not go to series. They may decide they hate it at the CW, although it's fairly rare that that happens with the CW, particularly where Belant is involved. But um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Uh, they are piloting yeah. it. So we'll let you know if it I gets I want to up. be wrong. But I did make a meme about how angry I was, but I do want to be wrong. <laughs> yes. So we'll see. We'll see whether that gets picked up or not. Um, yeah. Over on NBC, they've picked up interesting sounding new show. Uh, it's kind of a sliding doors style drama called Ordinary Joe. It stars James Walk, who you'll probably know from the wonderfully bonkers zoo, which was that great sort of CBS thing about the mutant animals. He also was in Watchmen as well. He played the evil, was it son of a senator or senator in that? And uh, he's been in like a number of other things. He was in Mad Men for a bit as well. It stars him in the lead role as Joe. And the series explores three parallel lives of the main character after he makes pivotal choices at crossroads. The series kind of asks the question how different life might look if you made decisions based on love, loyalty or passion. So those are the sort of three lives that they're following. One's sort of love, one's loyalty, one's passion. And he's playing a singer in one and a nurse in another and a cop in another. That's the sort of basic setup of it. I think it's quite an interesting idea for a TV series. Great role for an actor because you get to play like three different, completely different types of character on a one show as well, which I think quite good for him. It's uh, written by Russell Friend and Garrett Lerner who worked on House, the brilliant, brilliant TV series. And also the Batman writer-director Matt Reeves as well. It's, It's actually something that Reeves 10 years ago or something wrote 
a pilot script for it and then kind of sat on a drawer and didn't really do anything with and then he's tried to get it made previously and it's not until now that he's really kind of I think got the power to be able to actually push it I think this is kind of an interesting sounding one yeah definitely I think it'd be interesting I haven't watched like Sliding Doors since it came out but I do remember quite liking the concept I also do like things that take a character and put them through different experiences things like Run Lola Run I very much enjoyed and uh, things where one actor shows their range by playing a ton of characters uh, obviously in my wheelhouse as a big fan of Orphan Black. Yes. So yeah, I think that one sounds quite interesting. Yeah, I do quite like the sound of this. I think it's uh, it's an interesting looking one. It's been picked up by NBC as well, so that probably means that it will end up on Sky. Doesn't guarantee it, but it will probably mean that it'll end up on Sky because they've got the same parent company. Natalie Martinez, who was in The Fugitive and The Crossing Under the Dome is also in the show. She plays Amy, a bright, caring woman who forms an immediate connection with Joe. Charlie Barnett, who was in Arrow and You and Russian Doll. Russian Doll also show that has somebody repeating time, although in a very different context. Charlie Barnett also in it as Eric Payne, one of Joe's closest friends, and uh, Elizabeth Lay, who was in You and Once Upon a Time as well. She is uh, playing another character, although it doesn't say who. The cast looks pretty good. I do like James Walker. I think he's a good actor. And if you can make anything in Zoom, believable then you're <laughs> doing pretty well <laughs> but yes i like to say he was in Watchmen and he was in Mad Men so you know he's been into really good shows so I think that's good and uh, Matt Reeves I have a lot of faith in and the, the other two guys involved worked on House so yeah solid solid people involved in that so that'll be one to look out for no UK date yet no UK broadcaster but I like I say I think that's one because it's NBC it's likely to end up on Sky and lastly this week CBS have officially ordered CSI Vegas, which is going to go to series, which we talked about for a very, very long time, but uh, they have officially picked it up. William Peterson, Georgia Fox and Wallace Langham all coming back from the original CSI cast. They're going to have a bunch of new people involved as well. The premise for this originally, I mean, the whole history of it was it was supposed to come out last year. Obviously didn't because of COVID, because that's like the 20th anniversary of CSI last year so that that was the whole point of them doing it and it was going to be an event series that they were going to do so bring in some of the old cast put them back together put in a couple of new faces put an event series out and that was going to be it they're now looking at this as potentially a revival series so it could be an ongoing thing it probably won't have the original cast in if it does go on past one season I think they'll probably only be there for the first season but it's great because it's the only CSI show back on now so it means that I mean there was what four or five different CSIs at the end so you could essentially go and start grabbing people from some of the other shows and have them come and do guest spots as you, if you go into the another season. The greatest hits yeah, CSI. You, could, you could really could start doing that. Go really crazy and go grab someone from NCIS for a cameo you know. <laughs> yeah why not. Series picks up six years after the events of the main CSI show finale open with a brand new track in Las Vegas, the city where it all began, facing an existential threat that could bring down the crime lab. The brilliant team of forensic investigators must welcome back old faces and deploy new techniques to preserve and serve justice in Sin City. So that's the setup for it. There are a bunch of new people in there as well. So there is a new head of the crime lab, which is somebody called Maxine, played by Paula Newsom from Chicago Med and Barry. New CSIs. Uh, I'm not going to go through everybody 
you've got a new CSIs, you've got a new head medical examiner as well. So there is like a new sort of team at the lab. And then they're bringing these old faces back in to help out with the case. That's the basic setup for this. I'm quite looking forward to this because it's been off for six years. It's given them a chance to kind of think about and refresh and change it. I know it's a silly procedural and that it was very formulaic and this sort of thing, but I rather enjoyed CSI. I thought it was really I, fun. I like the original series. I quite enjoyed. Yeah. Past that point, you started feeling like they were just doing it for the memes. You know? Yes. Yeah. It did get to that point. And I think it got to a point where I was like, is anyone's character name not got alliteration? Right. Yeah. You know, they started having, I started feeling like they had very much comic book alter ego, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. superhero alter ego kind of character names. I watched the first series quite a lot and I think it got less and less and less the more series they yeah, created. Yeah. And then things like CSI Cyber were so, so, so wildly incorrect with the science they were yes. using. It just made me rage quit those ones. Um, yeah. But yeah, the original series I quite enjoyed. I think those characters uh, were pretty good fun. Yeah, I think so too. And they are saying that the technology has advanced quite dramatically over the last few years. So there'll be new toys they can play with. They could do impossible things even in that first well, series. Well, that is true, Ooh. yes. Um, <laughs> what I'm also quite intrigued by is the fact that the writer exec producer is a guy called Jason Tracy and his previous work includes things like Elementary and Burn Notice which were wonderful wonderful drama and Burn Notice is a superb show and Elementary was great great fun and had like a lovely level of humour on top of the yeah. sort of being a decent I, crime drama I loved drama. Elementary Burn Notice I think I enjoyed once it embraced how silly it was yes absolutely like, you know you had characters literally just after two episodes go I'm not putting on that accent anymore I'm not very good at it and then just go <laughs> oh I adapted and then just you know it just yeah. was very silly but the fact they had entire spin-off TV movies about sub-characters mm. you know Bruce Campbell had his own mini movie yeah. off the back of Burn Notice it was just really good fun yeah so the fact that he's one of the people that uh, seems to be the person that's kind of involved in bringing it back I quite like the idea of that um, I like the original show and having a bit of time to sort of put it down and having it off air gives some chance to reset a few things because I'm very much with you I mean CSI Cyber was infuriatingly unwatchable in places so I like the fact that they're bringing it back with the original thing with some of the original people that'll be uh, Gil Grissom Sarah Siddle and David Hodges are the three characters that are coming back there may be more as well but those are the three that they announced when they said they picked it up so we'll see I don't know where that'll air over here it will air somewhere I'm absolutely positive somebody will pick that up because I can't believe they would bring that back and nobody would take it we'll see where it lands but it's supposed to come some point during the uh, 21-22 season so it will be probably towards the end of the year probably autumn that will land that's all the news we've got for this week let's move on to some highlights for next week on tv Highlights for next week. We have Grey's Anatomy returning for its 17th season. That is back on the 7th of April at 9pm alongside Station 19 as well. So uh, that returned last week. This is the second part of the episode that started in Station 19. That will all line up for the other crossovers later on as well. We have The Grinder coming on the 7th of April at 9pm as well. That stars Rob Lowe as a famous TV lawyer 
lawyer that uh, joins his family law firm with his brother, Fred Savage, after his TV show is cancelled and tries to sort of become a proper lawyer. It was canned after one season, but Rob Lowe is incredibly watchable and Fred Savage is quite funny. So uh, that's called The Grinder. That's 7th of April at 9pm for that. League of Their Own special that lands on Sky One on the 8th of April at 9pm. Meet the Richardson season two of that, which is the um, sitcom that's on the 8th of April at 10pm. Have I Got News For You returns for its 61st season. That's on uh, the 9th of April at 9.30. That is back on BBC One. Filthy Rich comes to star. That was a one season show that star on Disney Plus. That's coming on the 9th of April. It was about the wealthy CEO of a uh, large Christian network who dies in a plane crash and his wife and adult children are stunned to discover he has an illegitimate family. It's a dark Southern Gothic dramedy. It stars Kim Cattrall. That, but uh, if you want to go watch that, it's called Filthy Rich. It's on Star on Disney Plus and that's on the 9th of April. Solar Opposites season two, that arrives on the 9th of April on Star as well. Season one just finished. That's superbly funny. It's one of the best animations out there. I really enjoyed the first season of it. It's hilarious. Them, which is a terror anthology series created by Little Marvin, that is arriving on Amazon Prime on the 9th of April as well. Hudson and Rex season three, that comes on the 11th of April at 7pm. That's the major crimes detective who teams up with a former canine German shepherd. Gang Related, which was another one of those one-off, cancelled after one season shows that comes onto Fox, follows a rising star in the LA Elite Gang Task Force. That's on the 12th of April at 9pm. Fear the Walking Dead returns for the second half of season 6B. That is on the 12th of April at 9pm on AMC Global. You'll have to wait a bit before that turns off for free on Amazon Prime. And Winona Earp, that's season four of that, finally lands in the UK. That's coming to Sci-Fi UK, so it's a different channel to where it was before. That's on the 13th of April at 9pm on Sci-Fi UK. That is everything for this week. If people want to go and watch you sit in a box, where can they find you? Yeah, I do more than just that. Sometimes I play games from in there. Um, so <laughs> you can find me as Trista Bytes, spelled B-Y-T-E-S, because I thought I was being funny, over on YouTube and Twitch. I'm pretty much full-time on Twitch at the moment. I'm doing seven shows a week where people can hang out and talk about geeky, nostalgic things, or to play a few games. We build some Lego and just generally have a little kind of retreat away from the, the real world for uh, four or five hours a day. So they're welcome to drop by there. I'm also Trista Bites on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well. Yes, so go and check that out there and you can go and scare her by playing the Sonic the Hedgehog sound at her. For a good cause. I raise money for charity while doing it. It's very, very funny. If you want to find anybody else, you can go and find Matt over at entertainmenttalk.org for lots more podcasts. You can go and find Daryl on hollywoodnorthnews.net for all the TV shows that you love that are shot in Canada. For us, you can find us at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.